Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, sports fans, don't skip ahead just yet. I got to tell you about the Shadow Docket bonus show on our Patreon page. As you may or may not know, the Bob Seska show is almost entirely fueled by our Patreon subscribers, and we couldn't do four plus shows a week without their generous financial support. If you dig what you hear today, please consider signing up for our Shadow Docket bonus show every Tuesday and Thursday for just $5 per month. It used to be called the Postmortem Show, but with the support of our existing subscribers, we changed the name to The Shadow Docket. Same show, same exclusive content, but an all-new name. Again, that's $5 per month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Holy underwear. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, Rocktober 7, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 261 of the Biden-Harris administration, 398 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here comes Jody and David, the goth ninjas. Yeah. Jody Hamilton, of course, is from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com and patreon.com slash from the bunker. Sign up now. Go. Get going. Get going. While you're listening to the show, go sign up for the uh, <laughs> From the Bunker Patreon page. And also right over there, it's David T. Rex Ferguson from uh, Astral Summer. That's his music project, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Links in the description, of course, as always. And of course, today, uh, Goth Ninjas, we're all celebrating the uh, the birthday of our our good friend Buzz Burbank. Yeah, happy, yeah. happy birthday, Buzz! Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts <laughs> and the minds of men? <laughs> Sorry, you know what? I I didn't mean to press that. I meant to press this. When you say Buzz Burbank, Buzz, you said it. That's right. So uh, we're all having a good time uh, on social media, wishing Buzz a happy birthday. Lots of great memes, lots of great gifts, lots of uh, dad jokes being uh, delivered to Buzz today. And so we all wish him a a very, very happy birthday. Hope he's having a wonderful time today uh, down there in in sunny Florida. You bastard with your sunshine and beaches. I'm so jealous. <laughs> and COVID and Governor and, DeSantis. Yeah, yeah that no also shit. is and true. And algal blooms and can't go to the beach. <laughs> there you go. There's T-Rex. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Buzz. Buzz. 
Well, uh, let's see. Where do we start today, uh, Goth Ninjas? Uh, I guess we can start here. This U.S. District Judge has uh, blocked the Texas abortion ban, which for now is, of course, great news for uh, abortion providers in Texas, certainly for women in Texas. Uh, A bit of a reprieve until the state of Texas decides to appeal the ruling which will then send the law to the Fifth Circuit, which is super-duper conservative. In fact, the Fifth Circuit has already upheld a previous Texas abortion law. Uh, So, yeah, there's that. I've had an amazing idea. What's that? I think we need an identical law where random people can sue people in Texas over gun deaths. Yeah, why not? Jesus. That's a great idea. If they can sue over the death of a lump of cells that doesn't even have a brainstem yet, we should be able to sue for the murder of high schoolers. Who sold the gun? We'll get that. Who drove the shooter? You know, who? I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. Seems like a perfectly reasonable uh, approach to me. Well, I mean, I think it's already illegal to aid and abet a mass shooting, even in Texas, strangely enough. (laughs) You'd think, okay, well, it's the Wild West still there, uh, apparently, based on the fact that they've got, as of this year, no more background checks for gun purchases, no more uh, licensing to open carry, for that matter, uh, a mm-hmm. firearm in the state of Texas. So it's no wonder, for example, we had this uh, this shooting in this uh, Arlington, Texas school the other day. And so this is the way things are down there. They have this open sort of, uh, uh, well, you know, I was, I was almost going to say this kind of tombstone mentality, but you know what? Firearms were banned in fucking tombstone. But anyway, so um, with this Texas abortion ban, this judge, Judge Pittman, completely brutalized the Texas law, and rightfully so. It's uh, a stupid fucking law. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's like Handmaid's Tale shit. They shouldn't, I mean, they should have been laughed off the dockets to begin with, but, mm-hmm. and, you know, because it's fucking Texas, mm-hmm. this big, shiny, pointy belt buckle of a state. <laughs> <laughs> it just needs, oh, God. Yeah, well, part of it is one of the reasons why this judge eviscerated it like he did was because of the enforcement mechanism. You know, obviously pointing out the uh, very clear fact that the Texas legislature was trying to avoid uh, judicial review by putting the enforcement mechanism in the hands of the people, in the hands, mm-hmm. more specifically, of bounty hunters and... Uh, you know, gold seekers and anyone who's interested in making a buck off the persecution of women and doctors. And so that's the enforcement mechanism. And he also wrote here in the decision, this court will not sanction one more day of this offensive deprivation of such an important right. Right. It's obviously citing to the still existing constitutional right to uh, privacy outlined in uh, Roe v. Wade and certainly in Griswold before that. But this is, I mean, we know what this is all about, right? We know that this has really nothing to do with uh, whether it's constitutional or not. This has to do with a couple of things. First thing is, obviously, virtue signaling for the evangelical community, the far-right conservatives who support banning abortion in all cases. And then the other part is to prepare for when Roe uh, is actually struck down, to put a bunch of laws on the books, get them all ready, get them on, uh, on deck, as soon as Roe is stricken by the Supreme Court, which could be happening uh, next year. I think they're going to hear this case, what, in December? And then uh, we'll hear about that decision probably sometime in uh, 22. And so... Well, Todd Aiken died. Uh, right. Yeah, I forgot about him. I forgot about... Uh, the one I'll that always, never forget that. When I just like... Well, I remember uh, what he said. I just I forgot the name, Todd Aiken. Uh, the one that I always remember is, is Mordock. 
Remember Mordok? Yeah, um, I do. Only because it sounded like a Lord of the Rings character. And mm. <laughs> when he was when he was in the news, Stephen Colbert, every time he would say the name Mordok, he would go, Mordok. And then there would be a thunderclap <laughs> in the background. <laughs> So fucking funny. Weren't those the evil cannibals in H.G. Wells' time travel books? The Mordocks. Oh, yeah. those are Morlocks. Morlocks. Yeah, I think that's what those are. So Mordock yeah. the Morlock. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, at least for now, I- I'm glad that the law has been struck down, and uh, we'll see what goes on next. Obviously, Fifth Circuit and then the Supreme Court. Fifth Circuit is probably going to uphold the law upon appeal, and then that's going to take it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And then we leave it in the hands of Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett. Those seem to be the only two who would swing in the direction of striking down the law for good. Uh, Because we know that... God, it's insane. It's just insane. Yeah. With this particular law, they have to know. I'm speaking of the Texas legislature. I'm speaking of Greg Abbott, certainly the the legislator who authored the legislation in the first place. They have to know that there's a good chance that it goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court upholds the ban but strikes down the enforcement mechanism. Right. Gives Texas the opportunity to put together a different enforcement mechanism for the law. And that's a possibility. I mean, there's lots of nightmarish possibilities, too, with this Mississippi decision uh, and how that'll be handled, whether it'll sort of wear away at Roe v. Wade or if it'll strike it down entirely or in the off chance that it upholds it. I mean, that could be the case. It could be that the respect for precedent that Brett Kavanaugh and, and Amy Coney Barrett claim to have will save Roe v. Wade. I mean, we're talking about, what, 50 years now since Roe v. Wade. That's a long time to be on the books. But, uh, you know, what we're ultimately talking about here is turning women into second-class citizens. Certainly pregnancy-age women, reproductive-age women (laughs) into second-class citizens. Handmaid's fucking tails. Yeah, exactly, who don't have sovereignty over their own bodies in any way, shape, or form. Because once you put that, once you put uterus on... incubators. Yeah. Once you put reproductive organs on the table, then all organs are on the table. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. I mean, we're talking about yeah. uh, regulation of people's bodies and what they do, their medical decisions. I mean, all the fucking bullshit from Sarah Palin years ago during the Affordable Care Act debate about death panels or the government becoming between you and your doctor, that becomes a reality with all of these laws. Mm-hmm. All the bullshit screaming about medical or bodily sovereignty or medical freedom that we've been hearing with regard to the vaccine and wearing masks. From the people who also want to uh, ban all abortions with no exceptions mm-hmm. whatsoever. I'm telling you, though, if they establish this precedent, we have to take the exact same approach to guns. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Really, What's I've been like, saying? We need to be just like just as vicious and just as unreasonable and just as puritanical and yep. beat them at their own game. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to get uh, crafty with it. You have to get yeah. clever with it. You have to do the trap laws. That, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. this. Uh, for example, I I don't know if you would necessarily call, uh, I guess, I, yeah, I guess the Texas law would be considered a trap law, but something mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, not allowing any uh, abortion services to be provided outside a certain radius from a hospital, for example, that's a trap law. Yeah. Um, there are it's all kinds of things, parental notification. Yeah, it's a trap. And that mm-hmm. that's the whole idea. It's like a clever way of banning abortion without banning it. And right. we got we to get clever like that, as you say, David, with guns. 
I think there are restrictions you can put on the not only the manufacturer of guns, but the sale of guns. Yep. Uh, that I have nothing to do really with banning more concentrate guns. Concentrate on bullets though yeah like you can have your yeah, don't guns, sell bullets every bullet should cost five thousand dollars yeah <laughs> that's right that's, yeah. that's, that's chris rock is, idea. it's a chris rock thing you know, he's bullet right control it's like this someone must have hated that guy they put six thousand dollars worth of bullets in it you know sixty thousand yeah. worth of bullets and i just yep. like sure you can pose with your guns you can take him to freaking you know subway with you or chipotle mm-hmm. and you know have a rocket launcher while you have your burrito yeah yeah I th- you shouldn't be able to you know just no gun no bullets yeah yeah exactly yeah well the thing that i uh, always go back to and the thing that i uh the more i think about it the more i'm convinced that this is kind of a, a real thing i mean i initially started talking about what i'm about to say as a joke but now i feel like hey you know what they could really do this i think that there needs to be a law that mandates that every firearm produced in the United States has to be painted pink and cannot yeah. the, you cannot alter the color of that firearm. And the whole idea is to take away this fetishization of firearms. Right. It's like, oh, that right. looks like something out of Call of Duty or that looks like something out of Star Wars or some shit like that. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the design of these firearms that directly appeals to the people who buy firearms. They look cool and they have heft, right. you know, and, and you look cool wearing them. You look like you just got out of the shit in Vietnam and you're grizzled and you, <laughs> you know, what's what, when it comes to firearms, you're not going to take like any shit from anybody. Giant obese thumbs. There is no amount of body armor or Kevlar and weaponry that will make most of these guys look cool because they look like weebles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Do you remember right. the weebles? Yeah, they, they wobble, wobble but they don't fall down. Exactly right. Yep. I had the little weeble wobble cruise ship when I was a kid. But I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? If, if every firearm produced in the United States is required to be pink, a lot of these mm-hmm. toxic alpha males will think twice be- before buying a pink firearm. Hey guys, look but at my there pink There already fire. are pink firearms and it's just, you know, well, they're not buying them. If there are, they're not buying Marjorie, them. Marjorie, potato head, green, buy yeah. them. You know, what like, you got to do is appeal to their homophobia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yeah. Or how about this trap law? One firearm retailer per state. One. I mean, if they go. can restrict the number of uh, abortion clinics per state, which is what they've been doing, why not one uh, gun retailer per state? You can still buy guns. Your Second Amendment has not been restricted. No one's coming to take your guns. But if you want to buy one, you have to travel 150 miles somewhere else in your state, for example, to to buy one. And then, of course, you time off work. Yeah, and and, (laughs) well, in the process of that, you also have to eliminate online firearm sales, Hmm. which uh, I think would be challenging. Places like even down to you know platforms like Craigslist. I don't even know. Can you buy firearms on Craigslist? I don't know. Is Craigslist um, even there anymore? Seems yeah, like it's still around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still around. Yeah, that's going to be a thing for a long, long time, I bet. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, these are a couple of things. We can get creative with this shit because I'm sick and tired of being pantsed with these trap laws. Mm-hmm. And we have no response uh, other than to strike them down when they come up if we're lucky. But it's and, that unlike it's the a, election it, law in Georgia, which yeah. has gone into effect. But I mean, we've got all the smart, clever people on our side. We've got the fucking entire Hollywood community with all of their clever uh, creativity, being able to formulate all kinds of crazy shit that goes into the plot of a movie or a TV show. And we can harness that. I don't know why we don't. 
I'm not sure I want the people who made Polly Shore's Biodome <laughs> one and two on our side. Well, you have to pick and choose, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you go with the, you lean more toward the Aaron Sorkins than the Polly Shores of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So meantime, the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee has issued a report, a preliminary report, confirming Trump's seditious attempt to exploit the DOJ to overturn the election. This is Donald Trump uh, scamming around with uh, Jeffrey Clark, who was kind of like the Robert Bork of Mm -hmm. this particular episode. You remember Robert Bork was the guy in the Saturday Night Massacre who finally stuck around and said, okay, I'll do what you want. I'll fire this special prosecutor if you need me to. Well, Jeffrey Clark is the turncoat in this case, who was plotting with Trump to supersede uh, a few different people at DOJ, certainly the acting attorney general, uh, Jeffrey Rosen. According to this, Trump directly asked the Justice Department, of course, we saw this, we read this news before, but this is now being confirmed by the Senate Judiciary Committee in this uh, preliminary report. Trump directly asked the Justice Department nine times to undermine the election result. And his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, broke administration policy by pressuring a a Justice Department lawyer to investigate claims of election fraud, according to the report, which is based on witness interviews of top uh, former Justice Department officials. The Democratic-led committee also revealed that White House counsel Pat Cipollone threatened to quit in early January as Trump considered replacing then-attacking Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen with Jeffrey Clark. In multiple calls, Trump claimed there was... Uh, election fraud in Pennsylvania and Arizona, both states that he lost, of course, telling Rosen, quote, people are saying and asking the Justice Department to look into the rumors, according to the committee, people are saying, you know, I've been saying for a while now that Donald Trump's whole thing with politics was learned from watching Fox News. Donald Trump was the first in this country, the first politician to emerge out of the Roger Ailes bullshit factory. You know, sort of like Venus emerging from the shell. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So people are saying is what everyone says on Fox News Channel when they don't want to take responsibility for their own horse shit. You know, Sean Hannity or whoever else. uh, uh, Laura Ingram, uh, the the whole list, the the giggling couch tumors in the morning. They never want to say, I believe this. Instead, they say, well, people are saying, people are saying the election was stolen. I don't know. You decide. And, of course, all the people are there for confirmation bias in the first place. So they go, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. But now here's Trump literally saying people are saying with regard to this. And he also went well, on to say, I mean, weren't, wasn't it you that was saying that's one of his tells? No, it was it was Mary. Mary's like when he wants to say, I say, mm-hmm. when it, people are saying means I th- I re, you know. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's ex- you're exactly right, David. Thank yep. you for bringing that up. He also continued to say, uh, you guys aren't following the Internet the way I do. This is Trump to the DOJ, according to both. Uh, email. Yeah. Rosen told the president, the department, quote, can't and won't just flip a switch and change the election. That prompted Trump to simply ask for an official justice announcement that the election was corrupt and then, quote, leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman, the committee report noted. So once again here, you see what we're seeing? We're seeing a second attempt to cheat in the fucking election, to overturn the election. The first attempt was Donald Trump extorting Ukraine, extorting the Ukraine government, to launch an investigation against Hunter Biden and Burisma, 
and therefore that investigation would then derail the Biden campaign. That was the jujitsu that uh, Donald Trump was attempting there. And at one point we heard that Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump were basically just saying to uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, all you got to do is just say you're launching an investigation. You don't actually have to do it. We'll take care of the rest. The same fucking thing twice for the same election. Mm -hmm. You know, if anyone is caught off guard by Donald Trump or any of his minion in terms of what their strategies are, you're a fucking idiot by now. No, they telegraph yeah. everything yes. from 300 yards yeah. away. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the same routine that they do every single fucking time. If the January 6th committee was blindsided by the notion that Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, Cash Patel, and Steve Bannon are going to refuse to honor their subpoenas, if they were caught <laughs> off guard by that, they don't know what the fuck is going on. No, they've got the criminal referrals ready to go. Yes, and they need to have that because mm. that's what uh, Benny Thompson said. He said if they don't show up or give us the documents by t- today, it's I assume by end of business today, East Coast time. Yeah, um, he's he's got the criminal referrals written and ready to go to the DOJ. And I don't think he would have said that if he didn't feel that the Department of Justice would then criminally arrest these people and throw them in jail for contempt of Congress. I don't think he would say it because it would be dumb politically to say that yeah. without knowing that it would happen. Interesting. And the, it's light too delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the question I have for you, Jody, is the fact that Donald Trump ordered these four guys not to honor their subpoenas, does that right. turn it into a criminal conspiracy? That's my question. That's an excellent question. And then I would think, yeah. Yeah. I think so I too. I would think so. Because if he's ordering them to do it, that's a conspiracy not to show up to do something that you're legally bound to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if they get criminal referrals to the DOJ, I don't see why Donald Trump, who literally said it out loud, don't do this. Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, just I haven't said this yet. You know the lady that keeps putting up on the Twitter machine, from the office of the 45th president, you know, his pronouncements? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. When she, every time she puts it on Twitter, I report her tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing it? I'll make sure not to do it. Uh, just now that I know that you're reporting it's, them. Um, it's whenever, you know, the officer and the president, I forget what her name is, but anytime I see somebody like retweet it, I go and report it. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Because it's misinformation yeah. about elections or whatever it is. And I can't, I'm constantly reporting her so that she'll get kicked off. <laughs> Good. Good for you. Now I'm wondering if I've ever done it and going back I'll find, in time. I'll see if there's any think, proclamations from her. I mean, I never, I never gratuitously just retweet them. I always right. include a commentary or something on what he said. And I think that's an important distinction. In fact, I was talking about that with the, or that sort of thing with Aaron Rupar yesterday mm-hmm. on the interview show where he was talking about how he He's not just posting random videos. There's always a purpose for the videos that he puts up there as far as uh, either contributing to a narrative or something that he's commenting on, that it's not just gratuitous uh, amplification of Donald Trump. And that's a very important distinction. Those are two very separate things. Just putting up one of his statements without any commentary is very, very different from, uh, you know, turning it into something where you're making a statement that could then take root and become, you know, part of the movement against him. Right. But, uh, yeah, so uh, these guys, they're not going to honor their subpoenas. So this is going to go to the Department of Justice with contempt charges. Of course, if there's anyone who's a uh, lawyer who's aware of these things, even more so than Jody Hamilton, which is kind of shocking mm-hmm. to know. That'd be Weird, a right? uber lawyer. <laughs> 
Uh, if you can clarify that in the comments on our Patreon page or on Twitter or something like that, I'd like to know. Because <laughs> Donald Trump lawyer. ordered them. I mean, he told them, don't show up. Don't you fucking do it. This is not the Queen's gambit. He's not rolling out some sort of complicated, you know, three-layer chess move here. This is all predictable. So they need to be way ahead of him now. And if they end up not being able to get these guys into live, public, televised hearings, plus mm -hmm. all of their documentation, everything that they're asking for, if they don't get that, it's their fault. I think it's I their saw fault. an interview with Raskin. Have we already talked about this? No, no I don't he think so. Was like, Jamie Raskin was like, we're prepared for them to not answer their subpoenas. Right. And we're going to take oh, yeah. swift action on that because they're not going to drag this out in court. Yeah. Like it happened during the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think, yeah, they've probably got the criminal indictments ready to go or at least, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, the FBI will show up and raid Steve Bannon's house again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff has been saying the same thing, too. Here's the problem. Here's one of the hangups now of these four guys. They can't seem to find Dan Scavino. Go to his house. What the fuck? I assume they've already done that. I mean, they've got process servers, I imagine, who will. I, I served a subpoena on somebody years ago. Did you really? I yep. did. Uh, my friend was a bartender working at this place called The Money Tree. And yeah. um, they were having, there was an issue with the guy that owned the place. Mm -hmm. And so they needed to serve a subpoena. And every time somebody would come in to try to serve him, he'd run. <laughs> and, oh, God. And so my roommate and I, I said, why don't you let me do it? Mm -hmm. And Spike's like, are you sure? And I said, oh, I'm absolutely sure. And so <laughs> I went with my roommate who was a dude. And so we went into the bar and sat at the bar. Dude. And, and he's, the, the owner was sitting, I sat right next to him. Mm -hmm. And he was chatting, ordered a drink, and we were chatting. And he was very flirty. And I brought Nikki with me because just in case there was an issue, I needed a dude. And so I said, so by the way, here... And I handed it, and as soon as I handed it to him, he grabbed it because some girl is handing him something. And I said, by the way, you've been served and got up and left. Yeah. Oh, you didn't throw in a, a random... F you. You didn't... No, I said, by the way, you've been served. And, go, and Nikki and I got up and left. And his the look on his face was priceless. <laughs> F you. A friend of mine served her husband his divorce papers in, like, by, via waitress. Oh, oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was, like, waiting for the check with his new... Yeah. Well, that's and, no uh, fun. <laughs> as uh, someone as someone who's been served with divorce papers, that no, is not a fun. that is not a fun little couple of moments right there. No, he had not. it coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where the fuck is Dan Scavino? <laughs> he's the guy. You know, you know who Dan Scavino is. I mean, he's the guy who uh, either wrote or co-authored so many of Donald Trump's tweets. Like he was right. one of the guys who had access to that Twitter account. Mm. And could throw shit in there randomly. I'm sure Trump would get some sort of approval on that because he's a micromanager. But it was Dan Scavino. Dan Scavino kind of, in a, in a strange way, maybe half the time, the voice of Donald Trump. Very important for Dan Scavino to testify. But they can't find him. <laughs> Which right. is, you know what, all at once it's frustrating, but it also makes me smile. Because somewhere Dan Scavino is like hiding in his Saddam Hussein spider hole or something like that, right. growing his Saddam Hussein beard. I like to imagine. <laughs> I, I have a very thorough and abundant fantasy life. I, I don't know if you realize this, but my <laughs> fantasy life includes Dan Scavino living in a hole somewhere, hiding from, from the ser process server. Holy shit. 
Am I getting the title for those people right? Is it they're called process yeah. servers, right? Okay, yeah, that's it. right. Okay, good. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly it didn't sound right to me. I'm like saying them a couple of times, and I'm like, hmm, that's lost all meaning to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. But yeah, they can't find Dan Scavino. He's hiding. He's hiding somewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm so just delighted. Imagine by him that. going out in like an ugly wig and. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so in uh, a couple of seconds here, we're going to talk about how Trump might get completely screwed by uh, your home state, David, in uh, Georgia. Oh, yes. uh, we're going to talk about that. Yes, Plus, yes, yes. I want to get into this uh, new Quinnipiac poll because it's making a lot of news based on Joe Biden's approval rating. Uh, I will give you a spoiler in terms of what we're going to talk about here in a second. Outlier. Outlier. Yes, the new Quinnipiac poll. Huge outlier. But I want to look at a couple of the uh, a couple of the numbers here and and bitch about them because if they are uh, legitimate and not outlier numbers, uh, it signals something very hinky out there in the world. And I know, yes, our politics are really fucked up, and we got a lot of stupid people roaming the earth right now in the United States. Uh, but these numbers are fucked up. Really bizarre uh, results. Every president has you know a back to earth period yeah and our honeymoon yeah. period lasted a really long time yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's true um and it's and, and it's it has to do with the fact that the debt ceiling bullshit and and that the the voting rights and mm-hmm. um uh the bill back better hasn't passed yet as soon right. as all these things are completed then his his especially if bill back better passes before the end of the year mm-hmm. His it's going to go through the roof again. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I just want to I gently massage Joe Manchin's scalp with a hammer. Mm-hmm. I just want to lovingly tap his forehead with a ball peen hammer. Oh, yeah. Jesus. It's a love tap. Oh man. Oh uh, well. Good luck with his. <laughs> you know, I'm concerned that that is his real hair and not a shitty toupee. It, it's like, just totally I mean, his real hair. I absolutely believe that's his real hair. I've, the congressional barber, the Senate, and I mean, they have a barber shop there. And that, that old guy has to be just blind because he's, I mean, <laughs> if he's cutting Rand Paul's hair and Joe Manchin's hair, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. it's just, he's like some old one eyed prison barber that they like. <laughs> It's been there since World War One. You know? Well, Rand Paul is a toupee. No yeah. fucking doubt about that. I mean, the world's worst toupee. It's like a parody of a bad toupee, mm-hmm. right? It's like a sketch from Saturday Night Live about a guy with a bad toupee. But Joe Manchin just has a low hairline. He's just got one of those weird Sean Hannity hairlines. His profile that, is so weird because it's, yeah. like it's, like it's like a mini mullet. It's like a, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a uh, short break and come back with more show right after these words. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Till Dow came stealing in 
Led him back to the church choir And August afternoons God streaming up through cheap brown shoes And you could feel it in his voice That this man has lived the blues And he fills his lungs with deep gray water And the fish he didn't catch Nothing but uncertainty and wonder yeah, I know we're supposed to do a show, but I, I can't stop listening to it. No, let's just listen to this. Yeah. It's so cinematic. Yeah, we're uh, really damn Jody, lucky on this you show. Back What's Doesn't that? it sound kind of like Jody singing the backup? Yeah, a little bit. This is a band called Silver Heels, brand new album, a brand new uh, band to the show, and uh, also a brand new album for them. Uh, this is a song called Uncertainty and Wonder. That's the name of the uh, the particular song, and I'm trying to find the name of the album here. <laughs> Shit. Shit, you know... Oh, it's self-titled. It's self-titled up. So the album's also called Silver Heels. Uh, link in the description, of course. Get it everywhere you get your digital music. And uh, oh, how hard was that, Bob? So great. Yeah, I, I mean, half half debut albums pretty much are named after the band. So. <laughs> yes. You had a fifty. If you had one job. I know. I know. I gotta fire my producer. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Wait, is that me? The, the old fat guy who laughs behind me. I gotta fire that guy. <laughs> I fire myself all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't you dare fire me. I sit here and laugh the whole time. Tell your stupid jokes. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. No, I've been I've been fired from my own show. God. So I want to like I want to produce. I want to hold a megaphone in my tiny four limbs. <laughs> <the foray. laughs> so uh god let's get back into uh things here on our thursday show um one thing i wanted to bring up real quick oh okay sure Uh, and normally when i see omarosa whatever her last name magan garganalt or whatever it is whatever that is yeah sure i i i quickly veer away but she was on uh politics nation with reverend al sharpton Mm -hmm. she was saying you know he was talking they the topic was whether trump will run in 2024 oh yeah like he needs to come clean about the state of his health. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Right. I think we mentioned um, it uh, on yesterday's show with Aaron Rupar, in fact. Ah. Yeah. What do you think that is? I mean, obviously, we know that he's fucking ganked on uh, stimulants all the time I in order to perform. COVID cooked it could be COVID, yeah. It COVID. could be COVID because uh, yeah. he was almost dead. So That's true. Um, uh, I'm going with COVID because yeah, it's, well, it's debilitating. W- was COVID, Jody? After Omarosa's time in the White House, though? Yes. I mean, I was just wondering how she would know insider information after having been oh, fired. The, the Trump's wall is totally porous. People oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. And there, people are constantly that. stabbing each other in the back and leaking. And yeah, I mean, that's the, he doesn't have friends. Yeah, yeah. But given his diet and given his uh, cocktail of drugs that he needs to perform, you stuff shit like that into a 80-year-old's uh, body on a regular basis, it's going to do some serious fucking damage. I mean, the heart, yeah. the cardiac muscle itself. He looks so healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, as, as you said, you combine that with COVID, and you've got a recipe for, you know, Donald Trump standing at a rally and suddenly his heart explodes. Almost like the chest burster. Well, you know, I've said this, and you know, this gets a little morbid, but 
I would watch those rallies thinking maybe today's the day. You know, one of the, mo- <laughs> one of the motivating factors. Bob like, Louise Seska. <laughs> well, you know, it's like. You're standing there waiting for the stroke. You're yeah. Like, oh, it's like, it's like. Side's just going to go limp and it'll all be over. It's like why people watch NASCAR. Yeah, you watch for the wrecks. You know, you see, okay, that was a heinous, heinous crash. That was really the most entertaining part of that race. And uh, for for me, it was the same with watching Donald Trump's rallies. The only way I could motivate myself to cover those things on Twitter or wherever else to to live tweet them was to say, yeah, maybe we'll get to see it today. I mean, at the very least, maybe his teeth will fly out or something. God bless the (laughs) Exactly. Because Why can't you work nice like that nice Rita Rudner? Why do you have to be so mean? I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. I loved Rita Rudner. <clears throat> She's funny. She's very funny. But then you combine <laughs> all of this with the fact that, I mean, we've heard these reports from his, uh, his hospitalization for COVID and mm-hmm. how they pumped him full of steroids. And that's what mm-hmm. gave him the energy and the motivation to go out and do that drive-by. Mm-hmm. In which he probably infected those secret services. He to sleep. He wouldn't go down for his nap. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there have been he reports out that came out. He got in the car out. and rode around and rode around. Yeah, well, the reports. show tunes for him. <laughs> Memory. Well, jingled some keys. Well, here's my theory that he liked okay. the feeling of being on those steroids so much. Oh, probably. And we're, and we're not talking about the steroids that pump up your muscles. We're talking about the anti-inflammatory steroids that, yes. you know, that you give a sick They person. also make you crazy. Yeah, they make you crazy. They give you, you know, kind of artificial strength and motivation. And, and, uh-huh. you, know, and, and it, you know, it's the whole uh, series of side effects that can be, in some cases, very appealing. And that's what I think he became addicted to. I think he's been on a cocktail of steroids like decadron yeah i think i think he said this makes me feel so good i want more of this and if Ooh. he's got compliant physicians which he's had in the past see also mm-hmm. ronnie jackson and dr bornstein mm-hmm. who would give him all of this shit allegedly that's just my that's one of my many little theories about him it's so possible. that could be also contributing if you take those steroids long enough you're fucked. I mean, so yeah. you're not supposed to do that. No. Because what? Among no, my other sister things- was on them for, for her brain tumors and yeah. um, to try to shrink them a yeah. little bit and the swelling around them because the tumors were of a certain size, but then there was swelling around them. Oh, God. And so that affects a lot of things and, and movement and all, so all sorts of different things. And so when she was on the steroids, mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to her on the phone because she was manic. Oh, Wow, that explains some um, things it, with Trump. It really, it, your your personality gets crazy, and so it's like if I had to say something that she may not like, I I drove to the hospital and looked at her in person in order for her not to freak out. Yeah, mm. Jesus Christ, I'm fuck. I'm so sorry you had to go through yeah. that. What, what a well, goddamn yeah. nightmare. Uh, it was, but yeah. you know, it's I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, and literally the eighth floor on at Cedar Sinai, those nurses were terrified of me. Right. Actually, not the nurses. It was the doctors. They were more terrified. The nurses did their jobs. Doctors great. should be terrified more. Yeah, they should. Well, I, I hate and, and, and of course, sorry, any MDs that are listening to this right now. <laughs> sorry, but no, they, they. I know that her doctors were terrible. So you know, they were terrified of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know with Donald Trump that his entire motivation is enriching himself and always winning. 
So right. he is willing to do whatever it fucking takes to get what he wants. And this is the centerpiece of the insurrection and all of this corruption that went on with regard to the 2020 election, certainly the 2016 election, certainly his business practices for decades mm -hmm. in New York City. So it makes perfect sense that if he can attain some sort of performance-enhancing drug, something to make him sharper, something to make him more energetic, he is going to take those things. Yeah. Why, why would he say no? What motivation would he have to say no? I guess the only thing that you could put, throw into the mix that may kind of force him to push himself away from these things is right. the fact that you know he's allegedly someone who doesn't drink because of his, his brother's brother. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at least he has the restraint to be able to not drink alcohol. But I think the reason he doesn't drink alcohol ultimately is um, it has the, the effect that he doesn't want. Donald right. Trump's an upper guy. He's not a downer yeah. guy. Right. You're never going to see Donald Trump smoking a joint. No. It's always going to be cocaine and then everything that's worse than cocaine on the stimulant <laughs> end of the spectrum. So uh, let's talk about uh, David's home state, huh? Yep. <laughs> I deliberately picked the lamest You're version of this. I love so, it. Seriously. <laughs> Such an amazing It was a hit song. show. It was a hit show. It Leave hit it show. be. Very, very popular. Kimberly show. loved that show. I loved that show. Yeah. I got to hang out with Dixie Carter when we all watched Showgirls together because of uh, she was on Desperate Housewives at the time. Yeah. And so um, we all had a screening at Mark's house. <laughs> My best friend in high school. Uh, this was his favorite show. Uh, yeah. Dixie Carter talks exactly like my mother did. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, and man. so sometimes when she would get going on a tear, I'd start ducking for cover, you know. <laughs> I will have you know. And it's like, oh shit, here she goes. Oh okay. no, when she when she was watching the pool scene in Showgirls with Kyle, who she played his mother on Desperate Housewives, uh -huh. we all said, stop this, Miss Carter is in the room. <laughs> Well, let's see here. Trump might get completely screwed by the state of Georgia. And so this is all Good. great news. A criminal investigation of Trump's January 2nd call prodding Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to, quote, just find him 11,780 votes to block Joe Biden's win in the state is making headway. The Georgia District Attorney, by the way, this is uh, from The Guardian, the Georgia District Attorney running the inquiry is now also sharing information with the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The Georgia investigation's merits were bolstered in late September by the release of a well-documented 107-page study from the Brookings Institution detailing Trump's high-pressure drive to block Biden's win in the state. The report concluded that Trump faced substantial risk of possible state charges predicated on multiple crimes. Thank fucking God. Yep. You know, this is uh, such a relief to see news like this because we've all been wondering... Where's like the justice? It's still like tiptoeing around. But yeah. Like, you know, like we're going to, I mean, Georgia will bring the, we, we will come at you, fucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that, that threat goes along with this music perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming for you, fucker. <laughs> Listen how serious we are. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking around. Um, yeah, so it's about damn time. Uh, the sooner, mm -hmm. And you know what? In the meantime, we can all sit back and we can enjoy the fact that Donald Trump has to contend with all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that 
every move he makes, this goes back to what we were discussing in the uh, first segment, every move he makes is being predicted all over the place because he's got one playbook. And it was frustrating when he was in office to watch it work again and again and again. Yeah. But it's, you know, you don't have your own justice department anymore. Right. Yes. Okay. So here, let's talk about this Quinnipiac poll. Because this is making a lot of news. And, of course, it's all concern trolling news that we, uh, you know, we're seeing from uh, the Republicans. And say, oh, shit, look at, you know, Dems in disarray. Joe Biden's no. poll numbers are dropping. And it was yeah. shocking to see. I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I have a lot of faith in the Quinnipiac poll. Uh, usually mm-hmm. they're pretty reputable. But this seems like a colossal outlier. I mean, this is showing Joe Biden with 38% approval rating. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I agree. That's an outlier. Yeah, it's got to be an outlier. There's no way. Not in one week. No fucking way. Or two yeah. weeks. No way. No I mean, way. everyone no else. Way. Right. Everyone else has him in the mid 40s right now, which right. even still mm-hmm. is too low. It's it's that's like a 70 percent approval rating back in the 80s. Right. Right. I mean, even Rasmussen has him with mm-hmm. a higher approval number. Right. Than so this Quinnipiac poll. Yeah. 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 Uh, Economist YouGov has got them at 44, uh, Politico 45, IBD tip, 40, only put the tip in, 44%. <laughs> Reuters 46, The Hill at 48. And so a couple of those in positive territory, IBD tip uh-huh. and The Hill have Trump uh, in the in positive territory, plus four you mean plus Biden, five. not Trump. But yeah, I meant Biden. Yeah, exactly. Usually when I look at this real clear politics thing, it's been in the context of Donald Trump and right. hoping the numbers go down. Uh, right. But yeah, so I'm still, you know, I'm still writing 2020 on all my checks. Uh, <laughs> but this is kind of alarming. If there is any validity to this Quinnipiac poll, and again, I caution you, outlier, outlier, outlier. I see these other numbers and I go, what the fuck are people thinking? Like the response to coronavirus, 48% approve, 50% disapprove. And to me, what that indicates, if there's any validity to those numbers whatsoever, the Republican uh, dragging their heels on vaccines Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. is actually paying off because people are pissed off that they haven't been able to get back to normal uh, they're blaming maybe the Delta variant and the additional whatever it is to 20, 30 percent of people who haven't been vaccinated yet, blaming that on Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And then you make up the rest of the numbers based on the fact that the entire Republican movement now thinks that Joe Biden is some dictator who's ordering them to get some sort of toxin pumped into their body. And so you Not combine all these things and there's a number, but it just is no basis in reality whatsoever. But this is where we are with our politics in this country. It's a fucking shame. You've got a decent mm-hmm. president. You've got mm-hmm. a disciplined White House mm-hmm. that has been faced with catastrophic circumstances. A fucking crazy 30-foot baby with a full diaper crushing Washington, D.C. and all of our alliances and all of our institutions for four years. And then Joe Biden's got to come in and clean up the mess after an insurrection and after an uncontrolled pandemic. Uh, Jesus, I think his numbers, knowing what he had to deal with from day one, his numbers should be in the 60s or 70s as far as his yeah. approval rating. I agree. But we've got a media environment, a news media environment in this country that for weeks and weeks and weeks, long past its two or three day story shelf life, concern trolling and screeching about Afghanistan and then kind of putting the congressional argle bargle with regard to the debt ceiling with regard to the infrastructure deal, 
putting that all in on Joe Biden's shoulders for some reason. Um, so, and by the way, did you read today that United Airlines had two thousand flight attendant positions available, and ninety nine percent of their workforce is vaccinated? They had twenty thousand people apply for those two thousand flight attendant jobs, which is more than pre pandemic applications. Shit. Yeah, which means that the vaccinations are encouraging people to go back to work. Yeah, as well as you know, I mean, Stephanie read something this morning that um, somebody sent a. Why aren't people going back to work when there's all these jobs available? Mm-hmm. Well, you need a you need a master's degree for a job that pays fifteen dollars and twenty nine cents an hour. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. fuck that. If you need a master's degree, it better be paying way above fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, I, I so. mean, I, I'm looking at these uh, these Trump numbers, for example, from last mm-hmm. year, and this is with an uncontrolled pandemic. This is with nationwide chaos. And it's in the same range as the Quinnipiac numbers, maybe the same range as most of these numbers. I mean, Rasmussen on uh, on January 14th, Rasmussen had Donald Trump at 51 percent. Politico had him at 39 percent. USA Today, 47 percent. That's with fucking an insurrection and an uncontrolled pandemic. There's something really fucked up out there mm-hmm. with the media climate. Well, uh, the way yeah, the news media has shown us that polling is fucked up right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That we're not getting accurate stats. I agree. Well, it's the way the news cycles are handled that drives these poll numbers. Right. And that's, to me, the centerpiece is not necessarily, I mean, obviously you have some fuck-ups along the line. You've got outliers, and that's kind of baked into the overall polling averages. But I think what contributes to you know approval-disapproval is the way these news cycles are handled. Absolutely. So, like, for example, yesterday, I'm on Twitter. This news about the Quinnipiac poll comes down and I see garment rending about like, what the fuck is wrong with the country uh, based on the fact that Joe Biden's got a 38 approval uh, rating coming from the same people who spent weeks and weeks and weeks just fucking blasting Joe Biden for the Afghanistan thing. Yeah, look at your own fucking Twitter feed. You want to know why Joe Biden's at 38 percent if this is even real and not an outlier? It's, it's because of that. It's because everyone thought, okay, in order to show my cred on social media and in the D.C. media cocktail party circuit, Mm -hmm. I'm going to rip Joe Biden on this one thing to show that I'm not a partisan. Look at me and how nonpartisan I am. Well, if you're making that up, if you're amplifying something just to make a point uh, about yourself, that's just as full of shit as being a hyperpartisan. You know what I mean? It's why we are where we are because there's yeah. this insistence in DC and in the media as treating, you know, uh, you're trying to pretend that you don't have any biases and to like give both sides at equal time, which is a problem when one side is, you know, well on its way, you know, two stops past woof woof cuckoo land. Well, uh, here's the other number that kind of alarmed me in this Quinnipiac poll on taxes. approve, 54% disapprove, Joe Biden. What's the only thing, tax-wise, that Joe Biden has touched in the last year? What's the only thing? Massive child tax cut. Uh People are getting hundreds and hundreds of dollars in the mail Uh from the federal government, cutting child poverty in half, in the form of a tax cut paid in advance of the actual tax season. Mm-hmm. And people have a 37% approval of Joe Biden 
with these kind of things happening with tax, it was a massive tax cut. The American Mm -hmm. Jobs Plan, huge. I forget how many trillions of dollars that legislation was. It was at least $1 trillion. I just, I feel like our polling process is broken. Like somewhere along the line, pollsters have lost their ability. And maybe it's because of cell phones. Yeah, it could be. I I don't know. But I just, I feel like they're not good at really capturing what's going on consensus. Well, also, I mean, if you, if you, with the Republicans who get the airtime, just end of statement for the people that are being polled, which is landlines in general, which is older people and not kids. Is that still a um, thing? Are you sure that's still a thing with just landlines versus cell phones? Is that it? I don't answer. It, it, when I get a call on my cell phone, it goes, it might be spam. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, um, uh, so it usually just throws it away for me anyway. But um, I mean, I've gotten calls. <laughs> Somebody called about it was the police union wanting to know if I supported defund the police. And I said, you don't want to know my answer. <laughs> and I hung up and, um, uh, but mainly it is, they do do landlines still too much first off. Mm. And those people are watching Fox news, which is saying that Joe Biden wants to tax you, even yeah, though yeah. you don't make $400,000 a year or more, or you're not Elon Musk or Walt Walgreens or I'm sorry, um, Walmart. You're not a huge company. You're not Amazon that doesn't pay a dime in taxes. No, 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 no. You're going to have your taxes raised, even though that is not true. Mm-hmm, right. Because Mitch McConnell calls it as tax and spend policy. Well, you know, it could also be that negative partisanship is superseding all of the advantages yeah. you might be receiving from President X or President Y. Right. You know what I mean? So in this case, you know, you're getting the child tax credit. You're getting hundreds of dollars a month to help pay for your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the government, tax-free, because it's a tax cut. You can't tax right. a tax cut. Right. And despite that, you're still got to support the team, and my team is Donald Trump, so fuck you, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Or my team is, I'm independent, I'm part of the Yang gang, so fuck you, Joe Biden. And so that kind of, uh, whatever you would want to call it, brand loyalty, mm-hmm. it supersedes the... Uh, whatever you're getting, whatever advantages you're getting from the Joe Biden presidency and the fact that Democrats control Congress. Mm -hmm. This is why we can't have nice things because this shit fucking happens. So this is not good. And I I have a sense, obviously, that um, this is an outlier and we'll hear more as further polls are released showing this to be a one-off. But I do also think that Joe Biden is going to recover, generally speaking, once the smoke is cleared with the sausage making, mm-hmm. that people will come back around. Uh, I think so. You know, that's I a, think so. I think I, I do. I, I I believe you. It's the sausage making is the bad part. Remember during the sausage making of the ACA? Yeah. Oh yeah. People were like, I don't like it. Well, now if you don't call it Obamacare, people like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was God. That started the ACA debate. Started. I want to say in maybe March April. Of 20- yeah. yeah, March or April of 2009, it began. Yeah, 2009, and we yeah. didn't have legislation passed. I think it finally passed the House on Christmas Eve. I think so, yeah. You want to talk about a long, dragged-out uh, no sausage-making process? That was that. I covered every second of that. Talk about yep. stressful. Yep. Uh, yep. But they, they actually ended up doing it. And mm-hmm. still, they were punishing Democrats in 2010 <laughs> for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you know, Voters. I'm talking about voters punishing Democrats. Idiots. All of them. Idiots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And now it's it's embedded permanently, permanently, mm-hmm. uh, and we're all grateful for that, of course. Mm-hmm. But th- in this case, we've only been at it for you know what a month, 
on this yeah. infrastructure deal. I mean, I know they announced it sometime in uh, midsummer. They announced that it was going to be a thing, but they didn't really start negotiating the uh, legislation until it's, recently. It's going to get passed. I was listening to Representative Pocan on Tom Hartman's show yesterday. Yeah. And he is, and he's, you know, one of the vice chairs of the Progressive Caucus. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, this is going to pass. He goes, we're going to get cinema on board. It's just going to take time. And then Hal Sparks was saying the other day, look, there's stuff in the bill that is easily pulled out that doesn't really affect the major stuff in the bill. But yeah. somebody can say, oh, see, I got a billion dollars taken out here. I got $10 billion taken mm. out there, mm-hmm. which really isn't going to affect the the really good stuff in the bill as much. And that's why they put it in there. Yeah. And you know what else? I'm really it's I'm really impressed with the Progressive Caucus Yeah, and how they have seriously negotiated in good faith on all of this they always do yeah and it's not necessarily surprising i'm just i'm i'm pleased with the way they've handled this Mm -hmm. entire process even knowing that they've been the most dignified people aside from the president yeah even knowing that it's most likely that this legislation is probably going to be cut in half, probably it's going to be uh, expenditures over five years rather than yeah, 10 do years. it five years, but do it at one point seven five trillion, and then there's yeah. your three and a half trillion. Do it like that, and then the number is no big deal, and who cares? Yeah, it's yeah, the same same amount of money, just not as long. And if we get it passed before the end of this year by twenty twenty two, people will be ooh, the Democrats actually did something. <laughs> right, right. And after five years, people will like it so much that they'll say, hey, exactly. how about more of that shit? Let's add some more money to it and, and extend it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So we're going to take a uh, one last quick break here. We're way late for a break. Uh, we're going to take this break and come back and uh, a couple more things before we wrap up the show right after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska! I'll keep looking, looking for that light, like that shines down so bright, lift away my blue and turn my darkness to light. I don't mind a table for one, even though that ain't so much fun. I don't mind. Oh, yeah. Of course, from the Czech Republic, Prague specifically, this is a great Rene Trossman, brand new song here called My Endless Blue Mood, renetrossman.com, link in the description. Of course, link in the description also to support Silver Heels too at bobseska.com. Just find this episode of the show, the 10721 episode, click on that link. Scroll right on down, and you'll easily be able to find links to support all the bands here on this show, all of our favorite indie bands. Thank you for doing that. And uh, God, I, I love he's the fact. Great. Yeah, he's amazing. 
Yeah. Uh, he's like my personal Randy Newman. He's the guy. You know, I, I really am hungering for some uh, blues. Or like, ah, yeah, what, what's Renee Trossman doing these days? Yeah, and uh, yeah, this he he alerted me about this back in August, and uh, because of our songs of the summer uh, series that we did through August, I had to delay some of the uh, some of the songs that were submitted during that month. And I'm so glad we finally got around to playing uh, Renee Trossman nice. here. So, all right, so let's see what else here. Um, a San Antonio man on Monday was sentenced to more than a year in prison for claiming on social media that he paid someone with COVID nineteen to go to area grocery stores and lick products oh my god i'm glad they're at least finding and arresting these people jesus gross. christ people are gross there's always going to be one there's always going to be an asshole going around doing this kind of shit yeah. uh meantime at&t those of you who have at&t cell service might want to con- consider verizon or t-mobile or something because we learned this week that at&t helped to create oan yeah. at&t cash is what uh, the One America News Network is built upon. Uh, the far-right network, whose fortunes and viewership rose amid the triumph and tumult of the Trump administration, has flourished with support from a surprising source, AT&T Inc., the world's largest communication company. A Reuters review of court records show the role AT&T played in creating and funding OAN, and uh, OAN founder and chief executive Robert Herring Sr. has testified that the inspiration to launch OAN in 2013 came from AT&T executives. So they're not only providing the money, but they're also providing the creative inspiration. Gross. By the way, AT&T in the process right now of buying, um, I, I want to say Warner Brothers. Is that... The- <laughs> Weren't they trying to buy Time Warner a while ago? Yes, yes, that, thank then, you. Yes, and Trump still- stopped that. Um, it's still potentially going to happen, but it yeah. should, we should stop merging companies. Hello. We I need know. to start no separating kidding. them. Dallas-based AT&T, a mobile phone and internet provider, also owns entertainment giant Warner Media. There it is, Jody, mm-hmm. which uh, includes CNN and HBO. Oh, good. Oh, goody, goody, goody. So mm-hmm. you boycott AT&T and then you affect uh, Warner Media, CNN, and HBO. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a glorious, glorious? This is why we need to break market. this shit up. We need to break them all up. Yeah, it's going to ultimately boil down to us all being able to be fired by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, and they need to break up uh, Facebook. I, yes, I they do. A, wrote a whole piece on what needs to happen to Facebook, and it's time to just get out the fuck out of Facebook. Yeah, and I started writing a post about it last night about how it's going to deactivate my account, but it's as hard as quitting smoking, I think. Yeah, yeah, then that's just it. It's going to be very, very difficult. People have been spending the better part of twenty years now curating their Facebook pages, gathering their friends, making connections, yeah. and posting photographs and mm-hmm. posting, you know, diaries of their life, journals of their lives. And so it's really hard to pull yourself out of that environment. And so connecting with people that you thought you had lost forever. Oh, right. Yeah, That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, when I was kind of examining what can happen to Facebook without necessarily creating a First Amendment issue, mm-hmm. I was like, well, we should not rely on people just abandoning Facebook like they abandoned MySpace and then Friendster before it. That's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. Also, Facebook, probably not going away. There was a brief moment where I had this crazy idea that its outage on Monday was Facebook just going offline. Mark Zuckerberg hurling his video game controller across the room and going, fuck you, I'm storming up. He might have. 
They're claiming it was a coding error during a, but all three applications going at once seems very odd. Yeah. Um, and and <laughs> Cliff Schechter posted on Twitter the other day. He goes, "So everybody going back to MySpace? Is it <laughs> still around?" And so I I posted the link. I said, "It's still there." And he goes, "Well, let's all go over there." Yeah. Wouldn't that have been hilarious? Well, so are you saying that maybe Zuckerberg took it down as punishment? Like who, who knows? Because some people do actually rely on it for work-related yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, but um, who knows? It, remember, it was right, bef- right after the 60 Minutes interview and right before she was going to testify. Mm-hmm. The so, timing of it was very weird, and they're saying it was a coding error during a normal um, maintenance on all three applications. I can't imagine that they had the same exact coding. Remember Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Remember that uh-huh. scene with the embargo where Master Blaster kind of controls Tina Turner by shutting uh-huh. off the fuel supply to Bartertown? Yep. That's mm-hmm. maybe that's what Mark Zuckerberg was doing. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg is saying to the world, "Who ran Bartertown?" And and so he turns off embargo on, and he and turns then off and then Facebook. Twitter said hello, literally everyone. <laughs> And then McDonald's said, how can I help you? And then Twitter said, 59.6 million nuggets, please. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, that could be the case, too. But shutting down Facebook is never going to happen. Mark Zuckerberg will never shut it down. He's making too much money. I was also kind of hoping that he was deleting all political content off of Facebook. Would have made my life a lot easier if he had just come and made the decision for me by Mm -hmm. just eliminating my page. And I'd been like, okay, that's, you know, fait accompli, I'm done, bye. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that didn't happen either. And it's not going to happen. So the only option with Facebook is government regulation. The only way we're going to get some fucking lassos around the neck of this fucking monster is to heavily regulate it. I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, digging into that fucking algorithm that mm-hmm. puts all the rage radicalization tweets, or not tweets, but Facebook posts at the top of your news feed. Uh, you know, it's, it, the algorithm is the centerpiece of all evil when it comes to Facebook. Yeah. So that's one of the things. I, I wrote a whole piece about suggesting a whole series of, of uh, regulations that can be applied to Facebook that don't, actually go as far as eliminating certain kinds of language on Facebook. The language becomes irrelevant. The radicalized language, the hateful language, the racist language, that all gets buried if you bring back, you know, the original idea of Facebook, which is whoever's posted the most recently, that's what turns up at the top of your news feed. It's not... Oh, I thought you were going to say what Facebook originally was, which was... Um, oh, <laughs> rating women. Yeah, not that. Not I don't okay. mean that. That's horrendous. Okay, good. good. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> we don't want to go back to that. But I remember, uh, like prior to 2013, mm-hmm. the news feed was very uh, organic. You know, yes. whatever the latest thing was uh, that it, your friends posted, that's the thing that you saw first. And I always, I always put my Facebook to most recent posts. That's, yeah, I'm yeah. constantly doing that. Right, right. But and you it can't has permanently destroyed s- media across the board. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, I mean, but Jody, you can't permanently. Uh, I know you have to keep that. doing. You have to do it every time. Yeah, which is every time, right? And that's one of the things. That's one of the ways Facebook traps you into mm-hmm. seeing what it al- its algorithm feeds you. Another thing that it does is it uh, throttles and or amplifies mm-hmm. certain pages, certain posts mm-hmm. from those pages. Uh, based on this algorithm and that's to me that's sinister that's the thing that has uh, gotten Facebook and and all the rest of us into a lot of trouble over the years Mm -hmm. and so you eliminate that there's all kinds of things that you can do again without regulating necessarily the speech that happens certainly you've got to have you know strictures on that 
but um, applying government regulation to uh, to speech becomes a little bit more problematic when it comes to yes. legal challenges that will invariably be filed as soon as a law, sort of a, a series of regulations like this go into effect. So, suffice to say, what you need to do is get a handle on that fucking algorithm. Mm-hmm. And that should do it. I don't see any other option. Otherwise, we're just going to be stuck with Facebook and the toxic environment that it's in. But I mean, look, we regulate all kinds of corporations based on toxic food, toxic air, toxic uh, water, toxic goods and services, etc. Predatory practices. These are all things that regulations have been established to prevent in the context of other corporations. Why can't we do this with social media, especially with a gigantic, unwieldy thing like Facebook? That's tangled into all of our lives. And if you've never been on Facebook, oh my God, you know what that's like? And this kind of goes back to what you were saying, David. If you've never been on Facebook, that's like never having tried a cigarette. Yeah. Congratulations. And I mean that with all seriousness. Congratulations. You have managed to escape it. And that's, you know, there's just not enough of those kind of people, unfortunately. Oh, no. A friend of mine from boarding school, he's never been on Facebook. Yeah. Um, my friend Tia left years ago. My friend Sasha mm-hmm. left years ago. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know. Uh, I kind of want to be one of those people that's just like, I don't do social media. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? I mean, I always thought that. Like when I was a, a smoker for 17 years, I was like, wouldn't it have been great if I never had that first cigarette? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Same that here. Made life yeah. a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, you know, here we are. I mean, it even... Amongst all of the news, amongst my seething hatred for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, it even took me a couple of minutes the other day to delete the app off of my phone. Like, I don't use the app on my phone. I mean, I have it on my phone, but I never use it. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, I so seldom use it that I was just like, hey, yeah, why, why am I keeping this around? I'm just going to delete it. So I deleted the yeah. app off my phone. That was my little protest move the other day. <laughs> uh, but I'm not off of it, but I just, I restrict my Facebook presence to simply promoting this show and promoting my writing for uh, the banter. So that's, mm-hmm. that's I think that's a valid reason. I think I'm injecting uh, some, uh, some truth and reality into the mix on mm-hmm. Facebook. So I think there's some benefit to that. That's how mm-hmm. I. That's how I rationalize it for myself. <laughs> Even though I should, I should go. But so many of us, as you said, David, it's just like quitting smoking. It's very, very difficult to top that addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think an addiction is a good way to describe it for so many of us. No, I mean it is wired it is that way. way. Yeah. that's what she it. testified to the other day too. She oh, testified yeah. to that. Right, 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 right. Shit, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, lots more still to talk about. We've got some news about Rachel Maddow. Coming up on the Shadow uh-huh. Docket program. Uh, this is, you know, it's it's all's, all's well that ends well with it. Right. I shall say that. But uh, it's an explanation as to why she's been off this week. In her place, sitting in for her, Allie Velshi. Hi, everybody. I'm Allie Velshi. I've got a very loud <laughs> voice and I shout everything. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. I'm Allie Velshi. That's my, that's my Allie Velshi program. Every time he comes on. Every attracted th- to Allie Velshi. What's that? Ben is really attracted to Ali Velshi. Is he really? He wants us to like get him for a weekend or something. Well, now you can play, <laughs> you, you, you can play him uh, my impression from the show now. That'll yeah, exactly. do it. Because every That'll time bring him right over. Kimberly knows. Every time I see Ali Velshi on MSNBC, I gotta go. Ali Velshi, hi, I'm Ali Velshi. Welcome to the show. 
I talk loudly and I talk. Everything has the same tone of voice. And this is the tone of voice because I'm Ali Belshi. Thank you very much. Uh, that's coming up on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Go sign up for $5 a month right now. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>